Hello everybody, my name is Anne Tejato and welcome to the Psychic Matters podcast episode number 33. Spring has sprung here in the UK. There are tulips and little crocus and narcissi peeping out. The banks of the fields in the countryside are full of beautiful pale yellow primroses. Delicate pink and white apple blossoms are appearing on the trees and the forsythia in the garden has burst into life with a stunning array of yellow flowers. The sun has shone, the warmth is coming back to the days and our clocks have sprung forward here, which means that there is a fabulous stretch in the evenings. It does feel as if there is new life and new breezes blowing through everything and it feels fantastic. New things are happening and new opportunities are presenting themselves to us all. It's time to come out of hibernation and consider how best we might walk in this world over the coming months. Today's episode, Living with the Moon, reconnects you to nature and its rhythms, encouraging you to see the world in a more holistic way. As the seasons change, so do our moods, our goals and our behaviours. And although we may be aware of the moon's gravitational pull, we may not be aware that the moon phases itself have got qualities and that certain phases of the moon are very beneficial for doing certain activities. Settle in for this incredible episode, which draws on thousands of years of observations and ancient philosophy from the Sumerians, the Babylonians and the ancient Greeks, keen astronomers and astrologers whose knowledge and beliefs are now beginning to be proven by science. Enjoy. And do let me know. If you could take just three minutes to leave an honest review for this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, I'd be so grateful. It would be like a little thank you from you to me. Just scribble down quickly on a little scrap of paper, leave review for Psychic Matters. Meanwhile, settle back and enjoy this incredible episode. My guest today lives her life in harmony with the lunar cycle. She believes that our real power lies in our connection to nature and its rhythms. This lady is founder of the company Living With The Moon, and I'm delighted to say she's joining us today in the studio. Yuta Russell, welcome to Psychic Matters. Thank you very much for having interviewed me. Hey, it's such a pleasure. It's great to see you and thanks so much for coming in. So tell us a little bit about the history of living with the moon and how it came to be. Well, I grew up with uh, living with the moon and it's actually it's, it's based on the biodynamic knowledge which I got from my grandmother. Uh, the first time I remember coming across it was when I was about four or five years old. And I remember uh, my, my grandma had loads of little herb jars and she was mixing herb and she explaining to me how, you know, this herb is good for this and this herb is good for that. And then she was also explaining a little bit about the moon cycle. You know, I was fascinated always by the moon. And she explained to me how the phases work, very basic, you know. And so for me, I always grew up with this. It's not something... I had to kind of dig in a lot. It's just been around me, really. And I suppose that's how people, I'm, I'm originally from Austria, so my accent maybe is a giveaway. And so that's how people, or not all of people, but many people live there. And so when then I became uh, a makeup artist, I, I moved away. And I, you know, as a teenager, you're not so interested in this subject matter anymore because it's a lot to do with, you know, harmonic lifestyle and house garden living in in harmony with the nature and I think as a teenager sometimes you rebel against it a bit and then so I kind of um, completely forgot about it and, and it was only when um, I was working on a tv show in my 20s by that time um, I came across this beauty expert it was like I, I did lots of films but I also worked on this recurring tv show and uh, and so I 
Sally talk, started talking about uh, lunar beauty, you know, like that the moon phases in, influences us. And, and this woman said, that's fascinating. You really need to write a book. And I thought, well, I forgot lots of things. So I started connecting. Um, I asked my mom, is there anything left? And so she says, oh, there's this book, read that up again. And and then she came back with lots of stuff from my grandmother still. And I thought, well, that's really fascinating. I should really rediscover that. And so that's, I've been tinkering about um, with this for ages. So I kind of give people snippets of wisdom here and there. And and then eventually my husband actually said, why don't you just start a website? And that's what I did, just in the very small, it's still quite small, is very um, altruistic, I would say. I, for me, it's really a homage to my grandmother to keep all this alive. That's what I really want to achieve with it. What a wonderful thing to have a, a grandmother who is so knowledgeable about astrology and the stars and the moon. It must have been, uh, I could just see you as a little girl in Austria looking up at the sky and, and her talking to you. <laughs> Yeah, it's quite romantic, but it was really, it was kind of when I look back now, you know, for me, it seemed completely normal. But now the older I get, I realize what kind of knowledge I've been given. And I really am keen to keep it alive. So basically, what Living with the Moon really is, is about biodynamics. And it's lots of people know a little bit about biodynamics now, but it's it basically comes from Rudolf Steiner. And he's sort of coined the phrase in in the 1920s, so it's almost 100 years old. And it comes from the Greek word bio, which is life, and dunamis, which is energy or life force. So it's the whole thing is about life force. And what really is interesting about that, what he describes is that life itself is like a massive macro-organism, like if you think the, the stars, the sun, the moon, the planets, and then loads of little micro-organisms sitting on it and all of that has to work in harmony uh, so if you think any living creature is a microorganism in itself and if you can see it maybe as a big clockwork if you think of a big clockwork there's loads it's a big clock face and then there's loads of little wheels and clocks turning and everything has to be in harmony for all this to work so if we kind of destroy part of this the whole thing will probably fall apart eventually and we're seeing that already we're losing a lot of the species the humus layer is going so i think this is really a good time to bring this knowledge back and that's what i'm trying to do with this so how can people bring this into their lives Yuta? how does it affect us you know on our everyday so the whole philosophy i think is really important to kind of come from a very different mindset because we all see it from a, we see life as a very linear thing and we don't really take nature that much into consideration in planning activities, I would say. But if you look at it, it's actually everything cyclic. So you look at the year, the year has like, you know, starts always in winter, it's a rebirth, then the spring, summer, autumn, winter, and then it kind of gets reborn into it. And then there's the, obviously the sun cycle, the, 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 sorry, the earth, earth moving around the sun, the moon cycle, everything is really cyclic. And what I think what happened and the, the reason biodynamics was founded straight after the First World War is not really a coincidence because what happened was during this First World War, they had chemical warfare for the very first time. And for this very short period, for four years, they started building this massive um by building up factories, which then build uh, all this kind of chemical warfare up. And when this war ended, all these plants were idle. So somebody came up with this amazing idea saying, well, well, how about we dilute this and put it on the fields? So instead of killing people, we just kill, you know, the insects and the, the pests. So we use it as a pesticide. And that they did, and, and they told the farmers, yeah, use that, the miracle cure, and then you don't have to do any weeding anymore. And that's what they did. But after three or four years, the soil quality was going downhill so much. So they actually, there was it, the biodynamics came out of a need from farmers that they said, well, the soil is so destroyed now that we need to do something. And Rudolf Steiner was known at the time for his kind of holistic speeches. And, and so they came to him and he prepared this lecture series, about 10 lectures, I can't remember how many. But, um, and that was all about how to reinvigorate the soil, how to bring the life force back in the soil, because only if there's life force in the soil, the, the food you grow has got, has got this in it. And that's what we eat. 
So if you eat dead food, which has been lying around in plastic bags and it's actually dead, then what are you going to eat? You're going to get ill. So if you think it's a completely way different way of thinking. So obviously, if you grow your own food, if I know it's not very practical, but I mean, I'm just saying theoretically, but also if you eat very clean food, try to eat really as, as, as fresh and organic as possible. And it's really not like a fad. It is, we are what you eat and it is really important. And also the funny thing is, it doesn't actually, I mean, initially costs a little bit more because, but actually on the long term, it doesn't cost that much. Even if you want to grow a few things yourself on, even on the windowsill, like a bit, a few herbs at least, you know, and, you know, you just learn again to reconnect and to do a few things yourself. And that's what I'm trying to do with Living Milk, give little recipes, give little lifestyle advice and make it easy and practical because I'm not really into kind of going back to the Stone Ages. I'm completely not about that. I'm in fact very forward thinking. I'm very much into completely new technologies because I'm really believing that we have a unique chance right now with lots of really innovative things coming on the market. Like, you know, they're talking about a battery which can recharge very quickly and there's going to be a complete revolution in the car industry uh, that will also affect the, the aeroplanes. I'm really forward thinking, but I really do think we really have to wake up now and we need to kind of look at the planet and and do our bit. You know, we all, you can't really, you can you know, it's like the butterfly effect. You can infect a little bit the, the macroorganism, but what you can affect 100% is the microorganism, i.e. you. So you can say, I will drive a more efficient car. I will kind of eat more organically sourced food, or I can just try to do a lot myself, you know, try not wrap everything in plastic and stuff. It's a, it's, and I think it's a little step in the right direction. But if everybody was thinking that and everybody had a little bit of a different attitude to it, I think we can go quite far. And I think it is a, this is a joint approach. It needs really everybody. And we want our children, our grandchildren and the generations afterwards to have a good planet still, you know. Yeah, that's all really, really interesting. And I, I mean, going back to the food, I've noticed – well, certainly for the last seven or eight years, that the fresh, so-called fresh, sweet peppers and, and lettuce and tomatoes and cucumber that you buy from the supermarket doesn't have the same taste that it used to have years ago. It's just, it's almost tastes of nothing. So I don't know what they're growing it in, but it doesn't taste right. And I know when I've come round to your house a few years ago, uh, there was always this lovely smell of fresh bread um, in the air and you always baked your own bread for your family and I was always really inspired by that. Yeah, I still bake. I mean, I have got a bread maker as well because I'm, I'm a busy person. But actually, my son has taken that over now. He's doing the bread making now. So, it's, oh. yeah, it's been in the family. My kids can – I've got two boys and they're teenagers and they're both fantastic cooks. I mean, they can really cook from scratch. And we, with, with, you know, we get fantastic um, – I get organic meat. I get organic vegetable from the farms, the, the Liberty, although I live in London. You know, it's possible. And they make the most amazing food with this. And we're having a it's, – it's amazing. It's really like going to a really top restaurant when they cook. I'm not kidding. And and it's – it's um, it tastes fantastic. We all cook together. It is a family activity, but the food tastes good. And it is coming from them as well, because now they've been growing up with really good food. They don't want to go back to rubbish food anymore. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice. That's so lovely oh, to think that they're all cooking and it does make a big difference. And I know that I live in a very small flat in London, but I have been able to grow my own spinach in pots and things like that very successfully. So although I might not have a big garden to be able to grow lots and lots of vegetables, you can grow a few things on, on the windowsill and it makes a big difference. Yeah, and just herbs, for example. Herbs is a very good thing. And uh, you can make a herb tea, like mint. You can Mint is so easy to grow. Just a couple of pots of mint and then you can just kind of pick it up there and just put it in some hot water and you have your fresh mint tea. Things like little things like that you can start with, you know. And then, as I said, these box schemes are, if you actually, my, my household bill has not changed that dramatically 
since I'm eating really healthily. In fact, I think you eat, my weight certainly has dropped slightly because when you eat good food, you don't eat as much because your body is satisfied quite quickly. Because when you're hungry, when you eat something empty, your body is still hungry, i.e. you have to eat more. So you put more weight on. So if so, it has really an all-round benefit for everything, you know. But uh, what I'm so so this is my one side of the, the obviously nature with biodynamics. But um, I also my my calendar. Maybe I should talk a little bit about my calendar because that's sort of the crux of it. Because I mean, the the biodynamic movement was more about the gardening side and in the household. But I have sort of built it out a little bit more, and I've. Been more recently, actually, I've gone more and read a lot of Plato and Aristoteles, you know, come gone back to the ancient Greeks and Babylonians as well, part of the stuff I've been reading. And because my calendar, which I live by, is, and that's how I grew up with, that's the biodynamic calendar, is like that, is not a, a, a solar calendar, what we all live by it's a loony solar calendar hence living with the moon and basically what it comes from is the notion that that you have got obviously the year the 12 months and that that is still there with the solar component but also there's a moon cycle component so it basically takes the the path the the earth around the sun and the lunar cycle together into consideration and it comes all from the that the days have not just got dates, which the date is the, so- the solar system is a time measuring element, but they also got qualities. And that's where the moon cycle comes in. And then if you know about that, it's kind of very easy to live in a certain rhythm. So that's maybe the second component of that system, I would say. So when you kind of look at just at the, at the year and the moon cycle is true, it doesn't really fit very well. But then when you step back and you look at it, from a very distant point of view, from an overview, it's actually quite, the ancient Greeks already knew that uh, 19 years equals 235 lunations, like moon cycles, and line up perfectly. So every 19 years we saw resetting. And that's basically the system I'm, I'm using, really. And so it does all work together, but just not in a yearly cycle. So I've got, on, on my side, I just do a lot of holistic lifestyle planning as well. With, with their system. And I think that works really well and people really enjoy that. And so you talk about individual days having qualities. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, I mean, in, in that's where biodynamics comes from. It's like the moon phases itself have got qualities. So even in the old days, that certain phases were connected with certain activities. For example, the moon cycle always starts at a new moon. When there's no moon, that means that the moon lies between the earth and the sun and there's no sunlight can be reflected back. So it needs to be moon. And that is the, the, the beginning of the cycle. And that's usually a very quiet time. That's a time to reset, to kind of project. I, I use it for goal planning. And I have also on my website, if anybody's interested, there's a free download. It's all free. And, and there's no advertising or anything, so you can just go and have a look at it. And then you can get a free gold planner, which explains a little bit more than what I can say here. So, and then the, as the moon grows, and um, it's first seven days, the first quarter, that we call that the, well, well actually the, the growing phase between the new moon and the full moon is called the waxing moon. And that can be subdivided into two quarters. The first quarter is the first seven days, all called the waxing crescent moon. And then the, when it grows further, is the waxing gibbous moon is called. And, and that's basically the more the moon grows, or that's the, the theory anyway, the more we absorb. And um, I use that for kind of the waxing phase. I use that for skincare, anything which nourishes. It's a very good time for planting. It's a very good time for making plans, creativities, mood boards, anything to do with creativity, communication. That's what I use that time for. And then the full moon, I mean, that's traditionally, it's always been a time for celebrating. And I think this comes possibly from a practical point of view, because if you think about it, thousands of years ago, there was no streetlight. So you would have saying, you, would, you know, if you want to do a festival, you do it when they have a bit light 
at, at night and lots of festivals, certainly pagan festivals were were um, in evening festivals. So they they needed the moonlight as a practical tool to see. But also it was really easy to say to somebody, you know, that didn't have a precise watch, say, well, we just meet at full moon. And everybody says, oh, yeah, it's full moon today, so we can meet up. So it's a time uh, measuring tool. Well, the moon cycle was the very first time measuring tool anyway, way before the sun cycle. And then, then when and then the, from the full moon is another 14 days or two quarters when it goes down into the new moon, and that we call the waning moon. And the waning moon is like it shrinks, it, is a good time for detoxifying, losing weight, cleaning, skin care of like exfoliations. And in the in the garden, it's good time for digging, preparing the soil, weeding, all that kind of activities. So it's it's like an or, or like compost tea is a good time for starting a compost tea. So it's the eternal cycle of two weeks waxing, two weeks waning. So this is two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. You know, and what I find really interesting is uh, that only occurred to me not so long ago. Actually, the twenty eight day cycle we are sort of programmed to that because if you think about it, the sun cycle is way too long. If you want to do like a t- activities or you plan something, I mean, on a big brush stroke size, fine, but on a small scale, it's too far by, by, if you don't have this, we have all these predictions in January or they, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But by March, most people can't even remember what they have started in January. Whereas the moon cycle that two weeks on, two weeks off is very easy to achieve that, you know? So it's every recurring cycle. And the funny thing is we're so programmed to it because if you look at the female fertility cycle, I mean, it's not, 2080 on the dot for most people, but it is around that time. Some people 27 days, some people 29 days, but it is, yeah, we are programmed in that cycle. And it's not even the our fertility, it's like a skin. Our skin, our sheds in about 28 day cycle, if you think about it. So that's why, the, you know, it totally makes sense. It's not just like some random fact. It totally makes sense that you would kind of affoliate every 28 days. And that would be the sort of, I do this in the in the waning cycle. Then, you know, that's once a month and anyway. And then do more kind of nourishing skincare during the waxing cycle. And if you, and that's what the beauty of the system is. You don't just constantly have to say, what you have to do today? What I have to do today? You just look at the calendar and it doesn't mean it's set in stone, but it gives you some ideas. And so for me, I'm a busy person. So for me, I just look at the calendar. What should I do today? And then obviously not everything is possible, but it's just say, oh, today would be a great day for cutting hair or would be a great day for, for manicure or would be a good day for like skincare, which is nourishing <clears throat> or oh, it's good for like a pedicure or something. I just sort of structured it in a way that it kind of, in a very holistic way, kind of all comes together. And it's a very easy way to t- measure your time. It's quality based because, and I'm going to talk to you about that in a second, why why that is. So it's a very easy way to manage your life in a holistic way. What I find really fascinating is I used to have an allotment years ago when I had energy and um, there were old boys, old men on that allotment who used to laugh at me if I planted my seeds Um you know, you read a seed packet and it says plant in March or plant in April. So I just go up there and plant. And they'd laugh at me and saying, you, you, you should wait, wait for the moon. Don't plant it yet. Um, talk to us a little bit about that, because don't plants thrive if you plant them at the right time? Yeah, I mean, there is there is definitely because I think it comes from the water tables. Um, if you think of an en- it's energy and water. Really, that's really, it comes from a physical side uh, because this knowledge, what what this man referring to, is really the old, struct, old structure of agricultural systems of all around the world. And it's, it's based on observation mainly, but it's also like there are, for example, in with wood, wood is a very good example. In Austria, we have bridges. They're standing in water for hundreds of years and they were just, the wood was cut on a certain time when the wood is already full of water. Because if you think about it, it's the tide 
goes, you know, you can see it in the sea really well. But we have also earth tides. The earth moves up every day, like about 30 centimeters, like a foot up and down every day. And we're not aware of that. And so does the water table. And and so if you kind of have wood when it's soaked, it goes in and out, in and out. Everything is a cycle. Anything is like breathing in, breathing out, waxing, waning, you know. This is our life. And once you kind of get your head around that, so uh, biodynamics really makes sense. It's not something wishy-washy, which has no connection to us. It's us. That's how we live. That's our life. That's, I mean, it's everything, really, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so so if you kind of look at the, the wood, the, the bridges, they've been so soaked in, into water that they don't rot. And they, they've just been sitting in water for, for hundreds of years, and they don't rot. When Or firewood, so on, on certain days, fire, if you cut wood, it doesn't burn. It does char, but it doesn't really burn. And everybody who's got a stove will probably know that. You get a batch, and it just doesn't work very well. And that's wood being cut at the wrong time. There's uh, Christmas trees, for example, that's the, you know, was cut on certain days. And if you do that, they last for so much longer. If you paint windows on a certain time, usually the raining time, you can prolong the cycle for a very long time. Obviously, the technique is also important. If you do a really bad job painting a window, probably it's not working. But it's a combination of right timing and the right skills. And then then you get much better results. But there are certain days when you plant things, they just, the, the, the plants grow up sturdier. They just kind of don't lose so much. You know, sometimes you lose a lot of crop. Sometimes you lose much less of crop. It does obviously connect with the, this, the, the rainfall and all that as well. Of course, it's not in isolation. The moon cycle is not everything, but it has it is a part of it. And you spoke also about a good time to weed when you pull weeds from the garden as well. Yes. As Linda said about the lunar solar calendar, it does come. The initial concept of the lunar solar calendar comes from the Sumerians and then the Babylonians. We're talking here about 800 B.C., possibly earlier, but really the high time was the Babylonian time around 500 BC. And the Babylonians were keen astronomers and astrologers. And they just kind of looked up and they just were really connecting some directions, you know, how the patterns of the stars, the moon forms, and and did practical applications. And it comes all from there. And that's been, then the Greeks took it on. I mean, there are poems like Work and Days. It's one of the very first Greek, ancient Greek poems, which talks about that when you should kind of plant and when you should die in the Bible, you know, Ecclesias, there's a good time to plant, there's a good time to die. You know, there's, there's lots of, if you go through forensically throughout history, the verses, it's been with us all the time. There's, and that's what I said at the very beginning. We only use the time measuring tool of the calendar, but we've lost the quality time. There is a, today is a good day to do X, Y, Z. It's not the same every day. It's not. If you think about yourself, do you feel the same every day, 100%? No, no you don't. You have got days where you're good. You've got days where you're focused. You have days where you're not so focused. But you will find if you look deeply into it, there's a pattern to it. We are all past part of patterns. And I mean, obviously, you know, science is very interesting. And it's funny because science said like a few years ago, oh, this is all rubbish, you know, with the soil and that that's not going to work and that, that, that. But now, very recently, scientists have discovered microbes. They have the microbial in your body, in your gut, and the same in the soil. And they know there is a reason, there is a the cycling thing with biodynamics been talking about for years. And well, obviously it's going back to the ancient Greeks. So I mean it's been around for so long. I can't see how this can be so rubbish if it stays around for thousands of years. But um so there's now a scientific explanation for not everything, but for some things. And I think that's the problem I have a little bit with everything. With I like science. I really am interested in science. But you cannot often explain everything with science because, or, the, or at this point, I mean, look, for example, at the gravitational pull. Um, the Greeks already knew that the moon and the tides were completely connected. They knew, the Babylonians knew but could they really define it scientifically at the time? No, they couldn't. They just had to believe that's how it works. And it only took until Newton's 16, I think 48 or something it was, 
that he really saw the law of gravitation and put it as a firm physical law. Does that mean between 2000 BC to 1600 AD, this didn't happen? Of course it happened, but we just couldn't define it. And are we saying right now we have the answer for everything, for every force, for every little thing? I don't think so. I mean, I would be crazy to suggest that, no? There will be lots of, you know, in 100, 200, 300 years, if we take care of the planet, we're still here. There will be, there will be people finding out all of a sudden certain things we now say is astrology. Yes, of course it works because there's a certain force which connects it all, possibly, you know? That's right. Yeah, I, I think so too. And it will be very exciting when it is all proven by science, things that we, we and people that have gone before us have known for, for centuries. Your fabulous website people can go to and they can download a calendar living with the moon. And what's so beautiful about that calendar is the simple way that you've laid it out with symbols. Can you explain a little bit about that calendar with the symbols and the colors? So people can yes. know when to plant, know when to do certain tasks around the house. Yes. Yeah, so basically what I have done is because it's, it's such a vast topic, I would say. What I've been I've been doing living for a long time. And what I found so hard initially is how to take this massive knowledge, because it touches on everything from from your beauty to your relationships and you know, the planting, the moon cycle science how to put this all in a very simple format so that you can just kind of take it and plan it very effectively. And so I came up with this, in, and that was the second system. So it's based obviously on biodynamics, but it's also based on this holistic thing. You know, the whole is greater than the sum of its part. And I'm thinking, and so I just put, that was very recently, I just thought, how can I make that a little bit more applicable? And I came up with that pyramid, which I haven't talked much about on my website yet, because it's, I, this is what I'm doing more for the future, actually. It's like I have got these five areas of life. I call it the pyramid of life. That's just because I can't find a better title at the moment. It's and, a great uh, title. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it, and so it's uh, the first step, and it's, it's by symbols. I've got five different colors of symbols. The first, the turquoise symbols, is all about you, the body. It's about beauty. You know, it's like your your being, like your microcosm, as I said earlier health would go in that as well and then so there's like what would be the symbols about when you have a manicure body brushing cutting hair and talking about that I have got people who've been following me for quite a long time I've got a really nice little list together like a newsletter I send out once a month and people being calling me if I have forgotten to put the hair cutting symbols in at one one point, saying, when shall I cut my hair? Because I only cut the hair with the calendar because since I do that, my hair is so much better. I've had limp and thinning hair for so long. And since I cut it with the right timing, I just that the hair just falls better and it's so much thicker. So, that, you know, if it helps just for some people, then I'm my my job is done. I'm really happy, you know. Anyway, so, so that's the first sort of the, the turquoise symbols. And the next symbols I call happy houses, like um, is the, the green symbols. This is all to do with the garden, the household, when good day for washing, good day for cleaning, good day for, you know, like it's again the waxing when things you should say, for example, do a decoration job is a very good way, way of explaining it. So like the waxing cycle, you would put a mood board together and you just kind of create things. And then uh, the waning time is the time when you're just going to get the color and paint the thing. And, that's, and I think that's why it's really important because to get things done, if you think about it, you need to plan it really well, but you also need to execute it. And lots of people get either stuck, they don't plan enough or they don't execute enough. And with this little system, you get 50-50. And that works really well. And you get a 28 window. And then if you haven't achieved what you wanted to achieve, we just got another cycle where you can do it. You know what I mean? So it's a very it's a gentle way of bringing your life in balance. That's what it's all about. Okay. So the next level is like uh, the relationships. It's all to do with uh, how we interact. It could be obviously a lover, that your children, your your wider community, charity work would fill in, even your pets would fall into that. So that's the third level. And then the fourth level is what I call 
vocation and career. And I don't mean scrambling money for a living. I mean being fulfilled, reaching your potential. And that has helped me enormously in my makeup career, which I think, um, you know, I've achieved something with it. And and just be really fulfilled. And it doesn't matter how ever small and how big you are. You don't have to be the biggest Hollywood star, whatever. You know, if you just kind of set out a goal and you achieve it, that really creates, in my view, true happiness. It's it's what you set out in your life. And then the fifth and the final stage is what I call spirituality. That's probably where your readers would fall into a lot. That's why I'm kind of very interested in your podcast. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I would call it less religious, but more kind of spiritual. It's like about the energy, you know, which connects us all. And which is some people are more susceptible, some people are less susceptible, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It's like, um, you know, the radio waves are around us all the time. But can I just, I haven't got the radio on me right now. Can I listen to the radio? No, I can't because I haven't got a radio with me. But some people have a radio with inbuilt. Some people haven't and they need like a, a transistor there to listen to it. You know, it's just some people are more susceptible. That's what I'm saying. And some people are less. And uh, living with the moon, I think is for everybody because some people already say to me, oh, I feel this anyway. I know this is intuitive to me. Well, actually to me, it's not. I'm not kind of that that wired in that way. And for me, the calendar is quite important. I need to have that as a guidance. And it's for everybody else who might not have that skill either. So they have got a bit of a crutch to look it up and say, oh, well. And also it's a very good tool of planning your life. And it all fits together because that's why I have this holistic lifestyle planner, as I call it. So at the new moon, you just kind of set your intentions and then you just follow it through. And as I said, grow and then what, what you have created in your head, that's what you're just going to get done and then you just evaluate. And that's that little system keeps going and keeps going, you know. And eventually, so occasionally on the yearly basis, I'm just going to take a bit of the overview and say, what have I really done? You know, I've got some bigger goals which I want to achieve and, and check that off. And that's what most people do. They have got that system in place, but they haven't got the little mechanism to get it done. And I think that is really useful. That's where the... The, the lunar element comes in. The solar element, most people know. Everybody knows today's Monday, whatever date, but they don't know, is it a water day? Is it a fire day? Is it an earth day? They don't know that. Gosh, it's so fascinating. And what a lot of work that must be to put that together. So do you put a year in advance together for people so it's available every year or how often does it become Well, available? I think that's where I'm a little struggling at the moment. I mean, I get it all done. I, I always have a newsletter and it's always in the newsletter. And I, I have now an updated, uh, I've got a little calendar which I put on my website, which I'm going to update now a bit further ahead. Because I think initially I thought, oh, I'll just give the months ahead. But I've been told by loads of people, oh, we want to plan ahead. And I just do that now. Uh, but it's gonna, it's very basic in its form. But I'm going to bring up uh, eventually a book and uh, which kind of explains it a bit more and make it a bit more formal, the whole thing. Because I think it's, it's really, people really like to use it. So I know they're Lots of people find it as useful as me. And I know if I don't have my calendar one month, I'd be really lost. I say, oh, what day is it today? And I always look up. And even in my, my job, I'm a makeup artist. I, I do TV shows. I I don't really say to many people, but, you know, I look at the moon calendar and I just know if I have a continuity haircut for an actor to do, I and I have got a choice on Monday and, uh, or a Friday, Friday is a really good haircutting day. Monday is not because bad hair day, bad hair days do exist. I can tell you as a makeup artist. Then I just obviously will sneak it in on Friday. You know, I'm not going to say it to anybody, but that's what I do. You know, and I so I do live it. It bleeds into everything in my life, really. And I have got lots of you know some people are really uh, loving it, especially in the film industry. Some people are loving it, but others not. And you know, I don't want to bother anybody with it. And it's up to them if they want to use it or not. I think, you know, I want a good way of using analogy always is is like rowing a boat. You can row the boat anytime, but you can row it against you know big waves coming, and you can row it against the waves. You get there, but you'd be absolutely exhausted and takes you much longer or you can turn your board around and you go with the waves with the force and you'd be there rested and in no time you'd be there much quicker with much less trouble and 
you know, it's up to you when you want to roll and how you want to roll, you know. It's just I prefer to go the easy way. <laughs> That's such a good analogy. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to be thinking about it. It works better. I can tell you that if you work with nature, it works better. So it's like it's like nature gives you so much already and just kind of working with your the natural immu- immune system, for example. You know, there's all, so many plants you can have. For, you don't have to constantly go and get some antibiotics. There are so many healing plants which you can use or teas and to keep your health. I think the most important thing is to keep it rather than smash it all and then try to glue it together. I mean, obviously, if you're really ill, that's when you want to, have an operation and I'm very happy I live in the 21st century there and and I want to have an operation like in ancient Greece but you know there are lots of things we have dismissed and we can and why not have a holistic approach and do it both then there's the best of both worlds try not to get ill keep your health by eating well by looking after yourself by being nice it's also mental health is a lot affected you know because obviously you know our, our brain is a computer and what you when you constantly think destructive thoughts and you constantly are in a very um, awkward way you're living against your belief system I think that eventually has got a direct uh, connection to your body as well I really do believe that yeah gosh you're so full of information and wisdom it's beautiful talking to you your grandmother must be looking down on you feeling very very proud yeah I think she's still around somehow I don't I feel like her influence is still over me and and I have got this ability now sometimes I think things and I, I I'm a very positive person I think and things happen I can see things and I can make them I don't know why and I, I just kind of have a bit of an ability there I suppose yeah, it's. I think it's positive thinking, you know. So for so many years, people rubbished all this, but I think we're coming to a stage now, finally, uh, that you know, with, uh, thanks to your podcast and other really interesting places, that people can educate themselves about this. And I think that's really important because self-education, I think, is really, really important, you know. And it's not what you just all get in schooling is obviously very important, but. Um, there's so much more to life and if you think about it we only use a very small proportion of our brain so there what we're doing with the rest and there's all the subconscious things this being branched in and all being part of the same cosmos i think i i definitely believe there's something in it and we'll probably find out scientifically much later why that all happens i don't think we're there just yet and you've lived a really interesting life, Yutta. I know you've mentioned there that you're a makeup artist and worked in TV and film, but you've worked on some in- astonishing film sets. Tell us about some of those, just for interest for people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really interesting because I think living with one for me is so important and so thing. But when I then say, oh, I work on Harry Potter and Star Wars and Saving Private Ryan or whatever, or, or other films, Fifth Element and the other films I've worked on. Like, oh my God, it's amazing. But I think it is it is it is amazing and I'm I'm very proud of the 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 they've been given the opportunity to work on all these fantastic projects and the people I met and worked with. But I think the you know, this holistic lifestyle, I think this is even much more amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it has helped you? You know, you say about alignment and and um, and waiting for the right time. Do you think it's helped you land some of these wonderful jobs? Um, I've always planned. Apart from your, obviously, <laughs> your incredible talent, you are BAFTA nominated, let's face it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, talent has something to do with it. And obviously, hard work has got something to do with it because it's a very hard job in the sense from the hours and everything. And I'm still at it. I'm still on the middle of a job at the moment. Yeah, it's. I think it's the positive outlook. And it is literally positive lifestyle planning. It is. They say where focus goes, energy flows. And that's true. If you focus on something, it works. And if it's something positive and, and you know, life affirming it works as well as if it's destructive you think oh god i must lose weight and i mustn't do this and i mustn't do that that works too but if you say wow i want to do this film i want to do whatever it is you know in a very positive way and that's why i think holistic lifestyle playing honestly for me has been in that has been really important to me because 
everything works together and it's so important that you actually know what you want because the most important thing is you know that that you know for example you go on a journey you go up a mountain you need to know which mountain you want to go up on you know you need to really when in the valley you when you look up all those like 10 mountains which ones want you to go up to it's a lot of effort to go up there you don't want to go up and then find out oh actually i don't want to be here i want to be on that mountain you know so it's really important that you really, before you go on the journey, you really do some soul searching. And I think lots of people don't do that. They don't say, what I do I really want? What I'm really aligned with? And not just what, what my parents told me to do, what my partner tells me to do, what society tells me to do. What do I really want to do? And if it has to be obviously something which is holistic and working with me, Ryan, and then you have to find your own way, your own path. And I think this kind of lunisolar calendar for me is a very good way of achieving this. this as I said to you, the, you know, the planning cycle and the day qualities, I find it like a little crutch, actually. That's so beautifully put, Yuta. Thank you. And so people who want to come, they want to download your calendar, tell us your website again so that people can know where to go. Yeah, it's quite simple. I've got uh, just a simple website at the moment and it's called www.livingwiththemoon.com and there you can have, there's a freebie section and you just kind of, uh, you know, sign up to the newsletter. You get a monthly newsletter. That's all I do at the moment. I've got time for. And then there's a calendar attached to it or there's there's also a web page called The Months Ahead and then you just see what's on there. I'm, I'm actually updating it today again. <laughs> so they go get yourselves on the newsletter subscription for Yuta's wonderful, um, is it a monthly newsletter that comes out, Yuta? It's monthly at the moment. It's always in the beginning of the month at the moment, yeah. So in I the keep beginning the, of the month. time scale of the month, it's like, but it's uh, obviously the, the calendar has a, has a solar and a lunar element and is structured in that way with the five colors, as I said, and then on top it gives you the moon phase. And the thing is, what is really important to say, it takes a little while to get into this as well, because we are kind of creatures of habit. So if you never lift like something like this, what I suggest, don't put too much at first, just pick up one or two symbols and just do that. Say, for example, skincare, do the, do the waxing moon when you kind of put more um, oils or, you know, kind of anti-aging, plumping up your skin, for example, and the waning moon where you do more exfoliating, body brushing, and things like that. Just start with one tiny little routine. And once you think, oh, that's working for me, then add another one. Maybe you're a keen gardener. Maybe then you want to kind of do more the planting in the waxing cycle. And then the, in the waning cycle, you do more kind of weeding and digging over the earth and, you know, pruning. And, and, and little things like that, you know, just build it slowly up. And then eventually the calendar, which looks very complex at first, you look at it and I just so I can really see in, in an instant, oh, today is this and I can do that. You know, it's very simple afterwards. But initially it can be a bit overwhelming with all the symbols because, you know, don't do everything at the first time. It doesn't, doesn't work. That's good advice. So just one thing at a time and build it up slowly. Yuta, it's been so lovely talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your incredible knowledge and the knowledge of your beautiful grandmother and more than likely her grandmother before her. Possibly. Yeah, I'm sure it's not. I mean, I wish I could say, oh, my God, I invented it. (laughs) How amazing. Or my grandmother invented it. But unfortunately, this is a this is a knowledge which goes back to thousands and thousands of years. And I mean, and that's the, and in itself amazing. If you look how many amazing brains have worked on this and have been working with this from Paracelsus to Hippocrates to, I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, how, how many astronomers, you know, it, you know, Aristoteles, everybody has been somehow affected by this so it's a good it's actually bizarre it's only literally since the 20th century that we don't know this anymore people just beforehand have always lived like that that is quite a frightening thought isn't it actually so we have a lot to thank you for when when since when is our nature really suffering yeah right now yeah last 50 years really if we think about the damage we have done in the last 50, 60, 70 years, say, say after since the Second World War, 
and how long the world has been around and how long this knowledge has been around mm. and how much how many plant species we've lost just in the last 30 years incredible so i think we should really change something here i think it's time to wake up time to wake up and as you said at the beginning of our interview everybody can do their bit I think so. It's like there was this commercial a few years ago, you know, when they say, oh, why should I switch the light off? Why should I do this? And then you zoom out and the whole world says the same thing. And then you think if, if you can only start with yourself, you can only start with your own little micro. If you just kind of say, no, I buy from a farmer. I know it's sourced well. I know the animals don't suffer. Well, obviously, if you eat, if you're not vegetarian or vegan, obviously an animal will suffer if you eat meat. But in a, but make it as humane as possible uh, and make it as friendly as possible and give them a really good life, you know, and support the farmer at the same time and, and just be a bit more open-minded when you shop. And also you do yourself good because if you eat uh, an animal which has been super distressed when at the time it was killed and you eat all these stress hormones, that's not going to be good for you. Then the meat has been fared around from, from miles away. So it's a, it's a part the selfish thing also you want to eat well you want to look after yourself too you know Yutta mm. Russell thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your fabulous wisdom with the Psychic Matters listeners we're so grateful to you um, thanks again and, and really good luck with putting the next year together for us and we'll all be following to see what other exciting things you'll be producing from your website for our delight Thanks very much for having me. I hope somebody finds it interesting and kind of has given them a bit of inspiration about what biodynamics is and how the world hangs together. That would be really useful, I think. Thank you very much. Thank you, Yutta. Well, that was Yutta Russell from Living With The Moon. What an incredible lady, so talented and passing on ancient wisdom to help us live our best lives. Don't forget to sign up to her newsletter and get your freebies. A full transcript of this episode is available on my website, along with links and resources mentioned by Yuta, including links to her website, Living with the Moon, her Instagram handle and Facebook page. So do head to www.antheato.com and you can pick everything up. A-N-N-T-H-E-A-T-O dot com. It just remains for me to say a very big thank you to all of you. Psychic Matters listeners, as ever, I really appreciate you and thank you so very much for listening. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already done so, so that you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. And I have some incredible guests and some fascinating content coming up for you this year. Have a fantastic couple of weeks, everybody. And until next time, my name is Anne Teato, and thank you for listening to Psychic Matters. <laughs>